We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Jeff Goodman here with the Field of 68. In today's episode of Off the Carousel, I'm joined by new Louisville head coach, Kenny Payne. Kenny, congrats. How are you? Thank you, brother. How you been? I'm good. This is your first media obligation, and and I get the honor? You get the honor, my friend. Man, very cool. Very cool. Well, first of all, um, congrats, and, and it must be good to be back. I think a lot of people forget. You know, you were Louisville basketball. You were a freshman on that national title team back in, in, in the mid-80s. Um, you may not have been the, the, the highest touted freshman on that team. That, that might have gone to a guy named Purvis. No question. But, uh, but you were there in, in the glory days. What, what's it like to be back? It's been unbelievable, uh, Jeff, to be honest with you, to, to see the fan support bigger than that, to see the community support to see the state support uh, of how they've embraced me, wanted me, and how they received me has been unbelievable. Um, it's really gratifying, really gratifying. It's got to be strange because, again, you're a Louisville guy. You coached under Cal at Kentucky for 10 years. You were the enemy for 10 years. And now you're kind of back home and alma mater where you kind of grew up and, and, and played. Is it is it a little bit strange? Uh, the best way to describe it is to say that the way that the University of Kentucky embraced me, yeah. uh, I don't know if they've 
ever embraced a Louisville guy <laughs> or could embrace a Louisville guy the way that they were great, Jeff. When I say great, the people in Lexington were great to me, not good. Um, and while I was there, the people in Louisville, especially my teammates and, and guys that played before me, unbelievable. So you weren't a traitor. You weren't known as a traitor. Um, they never treated me or made me feel like I was a traitor. They embraced it. They would even come to games. Um, obviously, you know where their loyalties lie, but, um, you know, to have that many people come together to support one person is, is special. So you left a couple of years ago to go with the Knicks. Um, I, I thought, again, it was a good move, you know, for you. Because, you know, forget about the paycheck. The paycheck, I know, is pretty good in the NBA. And the game's, the game's different, right? The game's different in terms of um, recruiting compared to more coaching, more on the court. What, what did you learn? What was the biggest thing that you learned? And, and Tibbs is a different dude, let's be honest. Tibbs is um, – I don't. what's the best word to describe to prep prepared, right? He um, – if there's a such thing as overprepared, he wants to get you there. Yeah. Um, he's very detail oriented. He knows what he wants. Um, there is no second guessing what he wants. A hell of a basketball mind, hell of a coach, um, spends hours on hours on hours on end studying, watching film. He's got and, no life, Kenny. Kenny, no life besides basketball, right? Well, he, he drinks a little bit, but he, right. he has a little bit of a life. Uh, and he he was great to me. I learned so much, Jeff, just about how to prepare for teams, um, how to approach games, um, how do you want to play. Uh, the defensive stuff, unbelievable what he does. Um, a great basketball mind. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Tibbs is elite level at, at what he does. Will you coach differently? Because obviously in the NBA, one of the things that everybody always talks about is taking advantage of mismatches. Uh, it's more isolation, certainly, than, than, than in college. There's a different talent level, too. We know that. But will you go back now kind of different in terms of, of, of how you're going to approach being a head coach than you would have two years ago if you would gotten a job? Well, one thing I learned um, being in the NBA is temperament. Um, really big in the NBA. And I got to study and watch guys like Spo and, and Pop and Tibbs and J-Kid and Chauncey, um, all those coaches, man, uh, Steve Nash, just watch how they interacted with their teams, watch how, how they delivered their message. And it was good for me to see because it's different, a little bit different than college. Yeah. Uh, college is more rah-rah, yep. um, where in the NBA, I think they study how do players receive information better. Um, so I have to find that that delicate balance. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there'll be times where I lose it, but there'll be times where I want to be a loving coach, man. I want, I want guys to enjoy being around me. I want guys to have fun playing the game and play with freedom um, and have fun with it. You know, that's one of the things, listen, you and I have never been like super close. Let's, let's be honest. Part, part of it. Always, Always Likewise. Respected. 
no, no. And, and, and again, listen, we've always been cordial. We, we've always talked. Uh, yeah. I think we'll probably be closer now than ever. One of the things that I always say about you to anybody, I've never heard a bad word about you, which is hard in this business. Well, you got to ask my wife. My wife and my <laughs> daughter tell me all the time, but. <laughs> don't clean the room. Is that the deal? You don't take out yeah. the garbage? <laughs> Listen, at least the paycheck's good now, right? That the, paycheck should... is, the paycheck has been good. <laughs> but your, your temperament, I think, is one of the things in your relationships to players. Because I have talked to a lot of players you've coached over the years. A lot of those Kentucky guys. And they'll all say the same thing. Kenny Payne, you can trust them. Like, he's a guy that I trust and I'm going to go through a wall for. How important has that been for you over the course of your career? Again, to have those relationships. But now you're in, the, you're in a different seat. You're in a different role where, again, as an assistant, you can be more of the, the good guy, can't you? Yeah, no question. That's a great question. Uh, Jeff, here's what I'll tell you. When I went to the NBA, I called 40 NBA guys, 40. Wow. Tell me how to be a great NBA coach. Not good. Tell me what I need to know. All 40 said similar things. But the one constant thing is never compromise how you've done it to this point. Yep. The second that you compromise, KP, you're going to lose all credibility. Yep. The second that you do. So even now being a head coach, I look at it the same. I can't compromise what my DNA is. My DNA is to be honest. My DNA is to be loving. My DNA is to not just be a figurehead, but be involved. My DNA is a parent is gonna trust me with the most precious possession they have. The worst thing I can do is turn my back on that. Even if it means we have arguments at times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to love their son just like they love their son. And I have a saying that if you have a kid for 18 years, you're going to know him better than anyone else. I need you to help me coach him. Yeah. And I believe in that. So some of this, I'm going to stick to who I am. I can't change <laughs> and be something that I'm not. Now, with that, I've been around some great coaches. I mean, Cal's a Hall of Fame coach. That's one of the best they ever do it. There's very few that can ever even come close to what he's done in this game. Um, even playing for Denny Crom, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, being around Tibbs, who I consider a Hall of Fame coach. Um, um, Ernie Kent, I learned so much from him. We're very organized, way ahead of his time. I mean, I've been around some great, great coaches. So when you left two years ago, college hoops was vastly different than it is today, Kenny. Like, yes. I I've never seen it change as quickly as it has, probably in the last few months, even almost since you took the job, when you put in the one-time transfer, you got about 1,400-plus scholarship players that, that have hit the portal this year, and you add NIL – it's a lot at one time, Ken. It's a lot. A lot. A what, lot. What's your take on this so far, and, and how, do you, how do you try to navigate it all? Well, the first thing is, before this happened, what are your core values? What do you really believe in? Uh, for me, I know what the masses are doing. I know what, how bad we all want the best players. 
And I know what NIL has made this. Um, kids want to be taken care of. I'm great with that, except I need you to know that's not why you choose a school. You choose a school to get educated. You choose a school to reach your dreams. You choose a school to be developed, not just on the court, but off the court. You choose a school because of the people that you're going to be around every day, that they are loving people that are going to be committed and responsible for your well-being. If you choose a school just for NIL alone, you're going to be in that portal the following year. So, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and that's and it's hard to to maneuver through all of this because it's a moving target. Um, one, you got the transfer portal. Two, you got the NIL. Um, it's just so many dynamics that, and and the best way that I can do it is just be honest with kids and and tell them what I want, what I'm offering, and um, let them know that we care. I agree with you, though. The one thing that not completely lost, um, but education. We're forgetting about that part of it, right? Like we were so big on APR a couple yeah. of years ago, and now it's like, what's APR? APR is going to go out the window right now because guys are transferring. Are, are they going to get waivers again, you know, to be able to transfer two, three times in their undergrad career? It it, it definitely gets messy. I'm with you. I'm, I'm in favor of kids certainly being compensated. But it's uh, it's just a lot. It's a lot of change quickly right now, and I think that's got our sport in a place that's a little worrisome. Yeah, it's fair to say, isn't it? No question, it's worrisome. And um, we, as a, the adults, we have to educate these kids. We have to educate their parents. We can't have them thinking that um, there's an easy track to success. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. You're fighting for your life in this world and, and you got to carve out your space. And for us sitting here with the responsibility of educating you, not just in the classroom, but in life, we have to tell you the truth. And the truth is, it's hard out there in the real world. It's really hard. So this team you inherited wasn't great last year. The, the positives are you can get really good in the portal quickly. The negatives are you can still get not so good in the portal quickly if you make some mistakes, right? You got to be you got to be careful when you hit the portal. No question. Um, what are realistic expectations for this team? I guess what are you telling fans right now about this program, this team right now that still you're waiting on the NCAA decision. It feels like it's been 15 years since yeah. this thing started. How much has that affected your recruiting or or not at all right now? Not at all. Um I'm trying to build culture. Uh, I'm trying to establish culture. And, and not that I can't speak on the culture before me. I'm speaking on the culture that I want to bring to the table. Uh, and what I want to bring is an environment of, of success. I want to bring a championship culture. I want to bring people that are, and I said it the other day um, at, a, at a press conference, I believe I have the best staff in the country. Um, and simply I love Nolan. Hey, have, hey, you're not going to get any argument from me on Nolan. I've been telling people to hire Nolan he's for a five, six years. He's a superstar, but so is Danny Manning. Yep. So is Josh Jameson. Yep. Um, you know, I've surrounded the first vital part 
of building a championship culture is surrounding those people, these young people with great human beings, with great basketball knowledge and examples of what you want to achieve. So I've done the first part. The second part, Jeff, to be honest, is high-end talent. And then getting high-end talent to play together and play with a purpose uh, and love each other on the court and love us so that there's not this unspoken disconnect between player and coach. I want it to be all-encompassing. We are in this together. Well, you've seen that. I mean, that's the good thing. You've seen that up close at Kentucky year in and year out. You know, I never had the greatest relationship with John Calipari, but I will say this. There's probably nobody better at getting guys to play harder and play together at the high-end level, the high-end talent level than John Calipari. No question about it. He's one of the best to ever do it. The best to ever do it. So, all right, here's my my kind of funny, interesting thing that I was thinking is you're obviously a Nike guy, right? You're a Nike. Let's face it. I mean, Oregon, Kentucky, two of the biggest Nike schools. Now you don't have Nike. Has has that taken a little while to get used to? And, and you know, how do you deal with, with that now? <laughs> Great question. You know, when I talk, when people associate me with Nike, I think they assume that it's transactional. It's never been transactional. It was always a real relationship. Um, From Phil Knight, I call him Uncle Phil. I love the man, and the man has a love for me. To Lynn Merritt, who is my uncle and mentor, who I would drive to his house and pick figs and plums off his trees and play in his garden. And my wife and kids did the same Uh, to Nico Harrison, who's now with the Dallas Mavericks as vice president, the same deal. We we're family Carlton DeBose that I'm the godfather of his kids. Roy Miller is my brother. Um, So my relationship with Nike on the outside looks like it's this business transaction. Yeah. But truly, it's never been that. It's more been they are involved in my life other than a shoot. <laughs> All right, so I got to be, – before we wrap this, I know you played four years with the Sixers. In the heyday of Charles Barkley's career, I was actually a Sixers fan, believe it or not, growing up in Boston. My favorite player was Andrew Tony. growing up. Boston yep. Strangler, yep. maybe the best damn scorer – that nobody knows about because am I wrong? Like he, you're right. The way he can get to the basket and score. Yes, he could. Oh, he he was insane. (laughs) Give me your best Chuck story. Give me your favorite Chuck story because everybody's got one. That dude is the best human being in the world. And uh, give me something good. All right. So I was recruited out of Mississippi. My, my last three or four schools were Louisville, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State. And Sonny Smith was the coach at Auburn at the time, and T. Vester Anderson. And and so I knew Charles from those days. And when I got drafted by the Sixers, um, he he picked up the phone and called me, asked for my parents' phone number, called them. And when I arrived in Philadelphia, Jeff, you will not believe this, but Charles Barkley bought me 20 suits and about 15 pair of alligator shoes. (laughs) And he embraced me 
like a big brother and, and he was great to me. And even to this day, I don't even know if he remembers all this, but he's always been um, a brother. And I love Charles. Like he is. You described it. I mean, that's what he is. Like he'll do anything for anybody. I mean, this no, dude will, will yell. He doesn't, I don't really know him that well, but he'll literally put his head out of his car when he's driving through the final four and see me and yell my name. And like you, you text him, he'll get whatever you need. That dude is just as real as it gets. That's the one thing I'll say about one of the most, one of the most giving people I've ever been around, but also if you cross him, (laughs) I was with him when he punched the guy in, in Milwaukee and I'm waiting on him to get on the plane, and he's he gets arrested. <laughs> <laughs> that's Chuck. No, but that's There's true. Dogs. Like, it's There's all dogs. fun and games until you oh, right until me. you do something to Chuck, and 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 then it's over. All right. Well, listen. God has blessed me to be around some of the best of the best, and he's at the top of the list, man. He's, well, he's c- congrats. Hey, listen. So good to have you back in college. So good to have you in, in, in the head job at your alma mater. Like, it couldn't have worked out. I know you waited your turn for a while for this. But to be honest, I assume you have no regrets the None path you took now. None whatsoever. And, you know, sometimes you have doubt if your number will ever get called. No. Um, but what I've always done was just kept my head down. I never self-promoted. Never. I tried to take care of other people. And, you know, that's what I believe, that if you do right, somebody will notice eventually. And, All Jeff, right. I look forward for you coming to Louisville. I'm coming. You got an open invitation anytime. Come spend time with us. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Kenny Payne, new Louisville head coach, off the carousel, field of 68. Thank you, sir. Thank you.